Come on, all these catchy tunes on our message bumpers. <laughs> That's awesome. It's good to see you guys. How we doing, Victory Hamilton Mill, 11 a.m.? Come on. It's good to see you guys. Everybody doing well? Somebody say well. You know, it's okay to be doing well. I would say that great is probably overrated because we say it for everything. Sometimes it's okay to just be doing well. It reminds me of the hymn, It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul even when Alabama loses. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul when I go to the grocery store and the grocery bill is twice what it used to be, but twice less the groceries. Come on, it is well with my soul. Maybe not my checking account, but it is well with my soul. Amen? Come on, guys, it is okay to be doing well. And I pray that you are doing well. You and yours are doing well in Jesus' name. Amen? We're glad you guys are here. Hey, before we dive in, we got some special people. You're all special, but we got some special, special people in the room. Uh, Pastor Mark and Stephen from Bangalore. All right, right over here. You guys stand up. Our missionaries, we support on the other side of the world. And back in 07, we built an orphanage for them. And now, here we are, 800 children have gone through that orphanage. Come on. Thank you, guys. God bless y'all. We are with you guys. And we're with them not only in prayers, but we support them monthly. I remind you, all that comes in, 20% goes out to missions, and part of that goes right over there into what God is doing. And they're ready to build another orphanage. So we pray that in, in Jesus' name, for sure. Pastor Mark, Stephen, God bless you guys. Come on, one more time, show them some love. And uh, they'll be in the lobby after service. They would love to meet you, and maybe you'd love to meet them. So speaking of giving, I want to give a quick update. A few weeks ago, we shared a vision with you about our campus property. Anybody remember that? And uh, we're not doing it to beautify our campus property. Our campus property is already beautiful. Uh, there's some amazing things in the back of our property, literally right behind this building. Uh, there's beautiful Lake Hamilton, we named that. And, uh, and then there's an awesome basketball court, which is covered with kids all throughout the summer and as long as it's warm. And then our playground, which you guys built, I think back in, uh, well, you started in 17 and built it in 18. And all those things, they take time. But here's what it is. God's been giving us a vision to build on what the buoys gave here to the church and we see even more taking place because of all the people that are coming on our campus. Come on, there are people coming on our property that may never step in the doors of this church but they can feel the presence of God. Come on somebody because these grounds are holy. And so... We asked you, we shared a vision that we needed lights back there. It is completely dark when the sun goes down. So we, we were getting lights put back there. We shared with you about the lake. We want to put a walking trail out there. And then also we want to build a pavilion that can house about six to eight, maybe even ten picnic tables with a big grill. And people can have fun out there. Yes, us, but also the people that are all in this community, which again, they come all over the place out here. I know, this is like my second house. I see people all the time out here. And it's amazing. Well, we shared the vision. We all prayed. We all gave as the Lord led. And I'm proud to tell you, as of right now, almost $62,000 has come in for this project. Come on, let's give God glory. 
So we're going to check off lights. We're going to get all the lights. We're going to check off the building, uh, the pavilion, excuse me. We'll get that built. And we're going to throw some extra change toward the trail. And whenever, whenever we can to get all that done, it'll all be done, all for his glory, all to reach people and to be a blessing to this community. Thank you, Victory, for your generosity. Well, if you have your Bibles, I want to ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And again, if you were not able to give to the Future Builders Project, you still can do that as the Lord leans. You can just go to Victory Hamilton Mill and connect to victory.com and click on Future Builders. We're really excited about that for our community here. It's a benefit to us, but it's a blessing to the community. Amen? Well, you heard me right. Matthew chapter 7. It took us seven months to get here. But we did it. We, uh, we started this journey back in February, the Sermon on the Mount, line by line, verse by verse. We've been going through it. Church, has it not been so rich and good? Oh, my gosh. Uh, and I'm not talking just because I'm the preaching. I'm not always preaching. Every, every message, every Sunday. Uh, I asked my staff the other day, like, hey, how many people in your church history have ever done an extensive study? Nobody in our group raised their hand. And so maybe you've done something like this, this deep dive since February, but it's, it's been incredible. And I, I know this, we're not, we're not done yet. This is going to take us to the end of the year, but I'm already a changed man because of it. And I pray that you are also as we build on week by week. Amen. Lisa already said it. We're starting a series called The Golden Rule. And here's my question. What if, what if we all treated each other like the way we want to be treated? That's what the golden rule is. What if we all in the room and those who are watching us on YouTube and Facebook, welcome family, what if we all did this? What, what if we all, somebody say we, we. somebody say all. all, all of us, including me, what if we walked out these doors today and what if we treated people the way we wanted to be treated? We might not change the whole big planet, but I guarantee you we would change this area, this region here if we did that, Amen. And so if you're taking notes, I encourage you to. The title of today's message is The Good Gift of Grace. The Good Gift of Grace. Anybody thankful for some grace in the house? Come on. Woo, thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord. I had one of those weeks. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It feels like lately in the world we have every week is one of those weeks. But thank God for his grace. I want to pray as we dive in a little deeper. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. And now as we dive into your word, Holy Spirit, we silence the noise of all the things going on in our lives and the distractions taking place. And Lord, we just want to say, come, speak to us. And Holy Spirit, help me speak to these beautiful people. Thank you for your fresh anointing for this service. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Remember, this is, you, we go week by week, but remember, this was one big message, all put in chapters. And so this is just a continuing thought of the message that was preached some 2,000 years ago on a hill with thousands surrounded, mainly Jews, sprinkled in some Gentiles. That's us. And here we are dissecting these verses. Let's look at it together. A little bit of scripture here. But you guys are students of the word, so you're already ready. Here we go. Matthew 7, verse 1. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. We could probably give an altar call right now. <laughs> Just right on that sentence. <laughs> I'd be the first to answer it. 
4, verse 2, for you will be treated as you treat others. There's that whole sowing and reaping. The standard you use in judging, look at this. This is fear of God right here. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Verse 3, and why worry? Somebody say worry. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? (laughs) How can you think? How can you think? Can you hear Jesus saying this? How can you think of saying to your friend, hey, uh, there's a, you got something there. Let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye. Then he says a real kind word, hypocrite. <laughs> First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Verse six, don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. Look at this. They will trample the pearls and then turn and attack you. Now, maybe your, maybe your Bible, as mine does right here, I'm reading from my iPad, of course, but maybe your Bible separates this next verse, but actually it should not be separated. It's all one thought. We're people of context, not cherry picking. Come on, somebody. So look at this. Let's stay in context as we read along. This Jesus just, he just took a breath and he keeps going. We call it verse seven, but this was just part of his message. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. And look at this. He repeats it. He's trying to, anytime Jesus repeats something, he's trying us to get it so we can really get it in our hearts. For everyone who asks, come on, say it with me, receives. Everyone who seeks, what? And everyone who knocks, what? The door will be open. Verse nine, three more verses. You parents, if your children ask you for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? And then last verse for today, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Jesus said, this is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Water break. That was a lot, and that was so good. And we're not gonna be able to dissect all this. This is why we have a a series for the next four or five weeks. We're gonna look at this together. But this passage of Scripture, again, I remind you, this passage of Scripture is a part of a message And what we have to remember, we just started with 7-1, but it actually ended, the part of the message 7-1 started, it ended on 6-34, what we call chapter 6, verse 34. And that verse, just to remind you, he said, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough troubles of its own. Somebody say troubles. And then we get to Matthew 7. Again, it's a verse for us. It was a message, just the next line, a next breath for Jesus. Then we get to Matthew 7, and here comes the troubles. Did you recognize the troubles as I was reading it? I'm curious. The troubles. What what are the troubles? I'll, I'll help us out. The trouble that Jesus is talking about is much closer than you think. 
I'll, I'll, give, I'll give us all a hint real quick. I want you to look immediately to your left, right over your shoulder, just immediately to your left, all right? Now, now look immediately to your right, all right? <laughs> Somebody's like, yeah. The trouble is people. <laughs> people. Somebody say people. Jesus is talking. That was a little too much passion about the people over there, but... Jesus is talking about every single person on the planet that you and I will encounter in this life. Let me tell you something about people because we are part of the people. People are sinners. People are selfish. People have the potential and can be evil. People can be very offensive, especially on I-85. Father, that's when we really need the good gift of grace. Grace me, Lord, because I'm about to say something. Oh, my gosh. Every day. People. Here's the thing about people. People, what's the best way to say this? People can just be people. You might know what I'm talking about. Okay, okay, people. People, people, come on, let's, let's, let's go down this rabbit trail for a second. People that we love. People that you like. People that you don't like. How about this? People that don't like you. Somebody's like, me? People, somebody say people. People that, people that hurt you. People that you hurt. People, people are everywhere. Listen, over the next four weeks, we're going to dive into this. We're going to look at the people problems. And let me just say this. I'm getting ahead of myself, but we are a part of the problem. It's not just them. It's us. I think that's actually the problem, church. Man, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm just feeling the Holy Spirit on this right now. We got to get rid of the mentality of us versus them. We're all part of the problem. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We're all sinners, and we're all causing problems. And here's my question that we're going to tackle over the next four weeks right here on the screen. How do we respond? Somebody say respond. How do we respond? Listen, we put that word there for a reason. Not The word should. Let me just say it like this. Sorry. I'm full. Because we're really good at reacting to things. We've got to be better at responding to things. Amen. Respond. How do we respond to the pains of our people problems? So just to kind of give you a respectful heads up, over the next four weeks, we're going to tackle some pretty hard subjects. Next week, we're going to look at judging. We're going to talk about politics. Yeah, we're going to talk about how do you correct a brother or sister in the Lord? How do you correct a Christian? How do you treat non-Christians? It's all right in what we just read. The answers are all there in red. How do you treat non-Christians? And we're going to look at other things. How do, you, how do you really engage on social media when everything's so hot? Somebody's like, social media's in there? Yeah, it's in the fine print. It's in there. All right? So this is what I would say to us just here in this moment as your pastor. Do whatever you have to do to be in the room and be in whatever service you can over the next four weeks. We know you can't make everything. None of us can. I took off last weekend. Need a little rest. All right? But do what you can to be in the room. And if you can't be in the room, get online and watch that so you can stay current with the message because they will build on each other. Amen? 
And again, I've already said this, but I just want to make sure because I had you look to the left or the right, you know, but the fact is there's someone sitting between the left and the right, and it's me. It's you. So we're also a part of the problem. I'm a part of the problem. And why do I say that? Because let's just be real up in the house. All of us got just a little bit of few issues going on. We, we can all be petty at times. Say nothing, Lisa Fritz. I'm looking over here to this beautiful group of people. Lisa can say it to me a couple times here and there. Chris, I think you're being a little petty. I'm like, I think you just need to hush, you know. But we, we can be, Chris can be impatient about things. Like, come on. We can be, and I, pro- I think the best of everybody has gotten me in trouble through the years. I'm a pretty gullible person. But I, I, honestly, if just putting that aside, we can actually be mean. Unintentionally, I hope and pray, but we can be mean. We can be mean standing in line. We can be mean wherever we're at, just with our mouth. Instead of being kind. Come on, let's, let's don't be mean. Let's kill them with kindness. Amen? All these things can come out of us because of undealt issues. Uh, pains that we keep pushing down. And here's what we know. Someone said this a long time ago and it's so true. The real problem is we can hurt the very people that we love the most. Because of the pains that are inside, the issues I mean, here's the deal. This is uh, a made-up word, but we're all just people who are really good at peopling. We, we, everything we're talking about, it, it's, it's just peopling. I'm, I'm just wondering, being curious, I, I hope I'm not the only person in the room, or I, I need, might to go get checked in somewhere, but has anyone ever looked in the mirror and said, get it together? Okay, thank God. <laughs> My 9 a.m. just stared at me. I was like, oh, maybe I do need uh, more counseling in the Lord, but... Uh, no, like seriously, like I, there's been a couple times like I've looked in the mirror like, get it together, Chris. And then I've also had the Holy Spirit speak to me a few times in my 51 young years where he's like, Chris, you need to calm down. So no matter if you're talking to yourself and giving yourself a pep talk or the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, calm down, it's gonna be okay. We gotta be a people that we, we let the Lord deal with the issues that we, we lean into him for his grace so we can give grace to others. Because if we don't, we are going to judge. If we don't, we are going to live a life of hypocrisy. So we need the grace of God to be able to walk this out. Amen? Somebody say grace. Grace. The truth is this. There's no way, what I just read, there's no way that you and I can live out Matthew uh, 7, 1 through 6 if we don't fully understand 7 through 11. So we're going to do something we hadn't done the whole year We're going to intentionally skip. I read it to you, but we're going to skip one through six because a lot of times, guilty as charged, I've done it too, a lot of times we separate and it's actually, we need to understand if we're going to not judge, then we need to get, understand how it is and the answers are found in seven through 11. So I'm going to read seven through 11 so we can get this. So if I'm not going to judge, if I'm not going to be hypocritical, if I'm not going to be mean, all the stuff going on in the world with people, people, people and problems, 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 Here's the answer. Here's how to live the Christian life when we're surrounded by people problems. Keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, 
Go back there just for a second, just a, just, a, just a thought here. That whole asking, seeking, and knocking. Asking being verbally God, that's, that's prayer. God seeking, seeking his face. Knocking is the persistence. It's the action. It's knocking on that door until God opens the door. So it's going to God in both asking with your mouth, seeking him, seeking his face, seeking him through the word, and knocking on that door, not giving up, being persistent. Lord, I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep thanking. I'm going to keep moving forward in you. All right? And then the next one, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. Pause for a second. Anybody here as a parent uh, ever given your kids something prematurely? You know what I'm saying? Like you, you gave it to them, you're like, oh, I shouldn't. Uh, you wanted to bless your kid, but after it all happened, you're like, maybe, they, maybe I should have waited a couple of years. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or you just gave them the wrong gift like that, that was not. You know, you were desperate, it was the midnight hour, you forgot, and you got in the gift, and then they opened it and they're like, what is this? I recently had a, a dad stop me over in the children's area. It is hopping over there, I'm just gonna say. Uh, and, uh, and he was like, man, I, I, got, I got my son a gift. And I was like, well, what, what, what'd you give him? And uh, he's like, I got him a cell phone. I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, he's seven. I'm like, yeah, maybe. May, may, just maybe pull back, you know, like, but we've all done that. But the reason I highlight that is to say we have a good heavenly father who never goes wrong with a gift giving. Amen. He, he knows what we need when we need it. And it comes through grace. It comes through grace. Right here. Uh, by the way, he took the cell phone back. Uh, so, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, come on, say it with me. How much more? One more time. How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Amen? You know, oftentimes we, we relegate those scriptures that we just focus on, 7 through 11, and we read it and we, we think that he's talking specifically just about prayer how to have an effective prayer life. Actually, many of my Bibles separate it, and it literally calls that effective prayer life or the action of prayer or consistent prayer. And, and there is an element of truth to that, but again, it's all about context. Somebody say context. So let's, let's look deeper at these verses that have to do with prayer, but it's also the answer how not to judge. It's also the answer how not to be hip, hypocritical, to live a hypocritical life. How do, how do we fulfill what looks impossible? Because in our, in our human nature, I'll just tell them me, okay? In my human nature, it's easy to judge. Like, man, what's wrong with them? And I, I can just be quick to judge in my flesh. But if I'm a man that is asking and seeking and knocking on that door and not giving up and seeking the face of God and the will of God and asking for his grace every day, God, who's a good father, who's going to give good gifts, is going to lavish on me his love and his grace so I don't judge. So that my word is my word. It's my bond. That I don't say one thing publicly and do a different thing privately. That's called hypocrisy. That by his grace, somebody say grace, we can do this thing called Christianity. We can't do it in our own strength. We can only do it in the grace of God. And that grace is for us every day. Because if I don't lean into his grace, I'm going to judge. If I don't lean into his strength, I'm going to want to give up. 
And he's right here saying, hey, this is the picture the Lord gave me last night as I was just getting ready to go to bed. It's like the Lord's on the bench, we're on the field, and God is saying, I guess you got this thing. I guess you're, gonna, you're just going to do this. And God's like, I'm, I'm ready. Just tap me. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'll give you the grace for what you need today. I'll give you the strength for the situation. One thing I'm feeling right now over Hamilton Mill and over the body of Christ is weariness. Weariness. Weariness of all the attacks. Weariness of all the fighting in the home. Weariness. And people are on the edge of giving up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The attacks are real, talking about spiritual warfare, and then everything going on with the world and the nation, it is like weariness. And God is saying, hey, the weariness is real, the attacks are real, but lean into me for my grace. I will grace you. I will strengthen you to hold on. Somebody say, hold on. Hold on helps on the way, but you got to lean and call him. you got to lean into him and call him. God, I need your help. How do we do this? Because if we don't lean into the grace of God, we're going to judge. We're going to judge our neighbors. We're going to judge our coworkers. And it's not our right to judge. I'm not the judge, neither are you. There's one judge, his name is Jesus. And we better let him do the judging business. Or we're going to be judged the way we judge others. Chris, you got a zippy lip, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's next week. But we're going to judge if we don't lean into the Father of good gifts of grace. Amen? Jesus is telling us how to live the Christian life in a world full of people problems, and I'm a part of the problem too. We can't do it on our own. If Come on, many of us have tried it. All we do is mess it up. And we screw it up, and we hurt people. We don't mean to, but we hurt people on the way. That's why we need grace. Or I'll just put my name there. That's why I need grace. I need the grace of God. We are in desperate need of his grace. I'm in desperate need of the grace of God to walk this life out. And guess what? Here's the answer. It's found by asking, seeking him, and knocking. One through six, what we just read, took our little time on. The answer is found in seven through 11. Ask, seek, knock. Or we're going to judge, and we're going to be hypocrites, and we're going to treat people poorly. Because by the way, headline here, the people problems don't go away. It, it doesn't go away. It will be with us for the rest of our life as long as we're on this good earth. But God can grace us, surrounded by problems and people. And here's the, great, here's the bonus of it. He can grace us so we can give grace to others. Amen? And it all is found in ask, seek, knock. Can we say that together? Ask, seek, knock. Knock. You know why? Because he has everything we need. Our Father has everything we need. I could give you a thousand verses. I'll give you one of my faves. Ephesians right here. Look on the screen. Ephesians 3, 16 out of the New Living. I love the way he puts that word here. And I highlighted that one word out of the word there. Can you see it? I pray that from his, who is his? The Father. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you Come on, some, some people in the room need to be empowered today. He will empower you with inner strength. I love that, inner strength. See, the, here's the thing. We need the inner strength in this world that we live in. We need the inside to be strong, the, the man of God, the woman of God, the inside of us to be strong with everything that's hitting us on the outside. He will empower you with inner strength through his what? His spirit. And that word there, resource, or the word that's in that word is source. 
God is our source. And it comes through grace. Two reasons. Somebody say two reasons. Two reasons we often have a hard time dealing with difficult people. Just just write this down. It's not on the screen. Two reasons we have a hard time dealing with difficult people. We try to deal with the people in our own strength and efforts. That's number one. We try to We just try to do it on our own. We don't think about it. We don't pray about it. We don't mean to to neglect God, but we do. And we just try to deal with the situation with the person in our own strength. When God's like, man, just pray into it. Ask me for help. I'll help you. And the second reason that we struggle dealing with difficult people is we forget we are also difficult at times. We are difficult at times. And we are in desperate need of the grace of God every day. I know, I, I know that I can be difficult. I, as I said earlier, I had one of these weeks, and, and it was, man, I'm just telling you, the warfare, um, the phone calls I got, my heart hurts every time I hear of a church member going through stuff. Uh, I'm just a feeler, so I feel it with people and, and pray into it, and sometimes it's overwhelming, and, and uh, then trying to be a, a good pastor to you and, and to focus on the Word of God, and I'm not even talking about the stuff that's hitting my family or hitting my marriage, and all those things. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? It can just be overwhelming. And it was, one of, it was one of those weeks. But let me just say this. I'm so glad that when I'm overwhelmed, God is not. And I can lean into him for his grace. His grace. Yesterday, Lisa comes in. We were, we were out in the sun, uh, loving on some church people yesterday. And uh, at Norcross, blessing our volunteers. And, and we were out in the sun for a while. I was tired, so I came home. I mean, I just crashed. I fell asleep. Wasn't finished with the message. And I finally, I wake up, get in there. I'm kind of a little groggy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A little groggy. And I'm, everything looks a little blurry. I got to get back on the word. And uh, Lisa comes in and tells me about another problem. And instead of me like, oh, that was good. Yeah, we need to. I was like, right, I don't want to hear anymore. I, I did it more like, And Lisa did one of these numbers. Okay, so I'm going to let you be with the Lord and let him love on you right now. And, uh, and I'm just, I get back in the books, and I'm like, uh, I ain't got nothing. And the Lord's like, no, not until you repent to your wife. So I go in there. Man, I don't know if you're like me, but head was down. And I just went there, and I just sat in the chair, a little scared, nervous. And I just said, babe, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can I tell you, we all need his grace. No matter what the situation is, we, we need his grace. That, that's a little thing, but that little thing, if unresolved, hello, if no repentance, can become a big thing. We need his grace. And his grace was pushing me out of my study to go repent to my wife at that time. Grace, somebody say grace. It's all in the New Testament, uh, and yet there's a little confusion about it because it actually has a twofold meaning. I want to drill down on that very quickly before we get ready to take communion today. This, this grace has a twofold meaning. It is right here on the screen, undeserved favor and power for living. Boy, I love both of those meanings. Come on. Undeserved favor and power for living. Let me give you some biblical backing on the undeserved favor part. Right here, you know this. This is one of the verses some of you have heard since you were kids. For we have all sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. And are all, somebody say all. And all are justified freely by his, come on, say it with me, grace through the redemption that came by Jesus. Come on, came by Jesus Christ. Here's the deal about grace. Grace, let me just give you a definition on this undeserved favor. Grace is God giving us what we do not deserve. 
Somebody's like, well, what, what do we deserve? We deserve death and hell. I, I deserve death and hell. What I deserve, because the wages of sin is death, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Come on, it doesn't stop on sinner. I'm a sinner saved by grace because of what Jesus did. The justified, just if if I died, he took my place on the cross. I should have been there. He took my place. Purity and innocence and holiness took it all on himself. I deserve death and hell. Listen, he gave us life and heaven. Grace. Anybody here thankful for God's grace? Come on, somebody. I know, I know we think there's a, some things that we think we deserve, but I'm just going to set the record straight. We deserve death and hell. We deserve death and hell. Your flesh may not like it, but that is Bible, and, that, and you'll find out one day we deserve death and hell. But when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and you live this life for him, I'm telling you, one, what you do is today you get to live, and then one day we live with him forever. That's the thing. And so we deserve, I deserve death and hell but he gives us life in heaven. Amen, that's the undeserved favor of the Lord. He, he stood in my place, he took my place. The second part of that definition is power for living. And I love this scripture here. Uh, we don't have time to look at the whole thing. Paul was having a struggle. He called it a thorn that he was wrestling with and asked the Lord to take it away many times. He probably felt like we all do times like a weak Christian. The Lord really showed him about what weakness really means. Look at this. But he said to me, my grace is, this is Paul saying, the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you for my power, somebody say power, for my power is made perfect in weaknesses. Mm. So here's, a, if we want the power, we need to admit that we're weak. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Have you heard anybody lately at work or at home bragging on their weaknesses? <laughs> we usually brag on this or brag. I don't hear many people bragging on, but God is saying, listen, brag, give me, tell me, brag on the weaknesses. Why? Because we don't stay in the weakness because when you're weak, God says, I'm strong. My grace is there when you're at your weakest point. My grace is there to carry you. It's a supernatural strength that will come on you through my spirit. And this is how we walk out the life that is full of people, problems everywhere, and we're a part of the problem. God's grace. Put it to you like this on the screen. God's grace enables us, ooh, I love that word, to do what we could never do alone or in our own human strength. We need the grace of God. Anybody here need the grace of God just for today? Just for today, God, we need your grace. Somebody say, I need grace. I need grace, you need grace. Come on, we all need grace. I need his grace. But we've gotta go there with him. We gotta go to our Father. Father, I need your grace for the day. I woke up this morning, I told you about my week, and I'm just, the alarm's going off. I don't know about you, but I hit the snooze several times. Just, just 15 more minutes, Lord. Make that, do the loaves and fishes. Make 15 minutes, 50 minutes, but it'll still be 15 minutes. I pray, I pray that before. I'm just like, you can do it, Lord, right now. But, uh, and I'm just like, God, grace me today. Grace me with stamina. Grace me with strength. I'm just telling, you know why? Because I need him. I need him. 
I'm desperately in need of his grace. I cannot be a good husband without his grace. I cannot be a good father to my three kids without his grace. I cannot pastor you well without his grace. And by the way, I'm going to let you down. I'm going to let them down sometimes. But the grace of God covers it all. I need his grace. You need his grace. And here's the deal about grace. His grace not only covers our sins, it equips us to be godly. So it covers our sins, it covers my flaws, it covers the multitude of my sins, but he also equips, or maybe a better word, enables me to do what I could never do on my own. And on myself, I'm doomed, I'm not gonna make it. My efforts are petty compared to his. I'm weak, he's always strong. And I need his strength and it comes through grace, amen? God gives grace, listen to this before we get ready to close, God gives grace to those who understand that they don't deserve it. It can't be bought or earned. Did you hear that? It's not you doing good works that's gonna give you grace. God already did the great work on the cross. You don't have, the grace is there, it's there. He never runs out, all right? His his grace is there for us lavishly. I mean, he just pours out the grace in vast supply. Here's what we understand. When we understand that the grace is there because we need it, can't be bought, can't be earned. I don't deserve it, but he says, ask me for it and I'll give it to you. Grace is the expression. It's a beautiful expression of a good father who loves his kids. And here's the good news. Somebody say good news. Our father never runs out of grace. Never runs out. Don't worry about tomorrow. Jesus said that, remember, the end of six? Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. It's got enough troubles of its own. Just today, God, give me grace for today. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Start tomorrow, in quotes, being the future. Stop worrying. God, I need your grace for the day. And, and point that out. Be specific with him. Help, I need your help. I need your strength. Whatever, I need your wisdom. And God will grace you with the wisdom, the help, the strength, whatever you need, he has it for you. Grace is the good gift that God keeps on giving. Come on, we need grace today even when we pull up at the gas station. Hello, and I don't know if you're like me, but I I go all the way to the E and then some. I'm just like, Lord, let it just, come on, loaves and fishes again, Lord, just extend a little. You can only do that so long, but but, um, I've I've pulled in before. I'm not proud of it, but I've pulled in before in fumes. Anybody just pulled in? Well, we made it. Everybody okay? Everybody in the back sweating, it's like, Jesus, get us to the gas station. We've been there. We've been there. You get a great prayer language when you're running on fumes, all right? I'm just telling you. And then you pull up to the gas station and you look at the prices. Grace, Lord, grace. We need his grace. I I give you that funny example because God wants to give us grace. He made grace so super spiritual. He wants to give us grace in the everyday. Amen? Amen. So if you sinful people, listen, all of us, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts? That, there, that word there, as I was looking at it yesterday, it's just being poured out. How much more will your heavenly father give you good gifts to those who ask him? What, what good gifts is he talking about? Well, let me just say this. The, those good gifts that we're bragging on him all in this message, it, it's not uh, the dream house. It's not the dream car with the bow on top in your driveway. You pull up the garage and, oh, like the commercial. No, it's, it's, we're talking about 
Like real, real, the real things. The thing, come on, there's a difference between needs and wants. We're talking about the things we really need. How about the most important one? Grace comes in eternal life. Grace comes in forgiveness. Grace comes in acceptance. Grace comes in healing. Come on, somebody. Grace comes in in our identity, which is found in him. Grace comes in spiritual authority as we mature in him. Grace comes in love. I could just go on. All those are under the banner of grace. Now let's get into the everyday. Grace comes in patience. Grace comes in self-control. Grace comes, because some of us are right there. We're teeter-totting with losing it. And the Lord's like, I can give you self-control. You need it. (laughs) Kindness, we already talked about that. Joy, peace, it's all the fruit of the Spirit, and then some. These two are under the banner of grace for our every day. And this is how he says to do it. Ask me. Seek me. Knock on that door, and I'm going to open it to you, and you're going to walk in grace. Whatever we need, we have it for him. Hebrews says this, final verse. So let us come boldly. Somebody say boldly. How can we come boldly before the throne of our Father? Through the blood of Jesus. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace, look at this, to help us when we need it most. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find the grace to help. Come on, say it with me. When we need it most. Anybody need some grace? God says it's right here for you. It's right here. Ask me. Seek me. Knock. And the door will be open. I've said it and I'll say it as we get ready to close out. I am desperately in need of the grace of God in my life. Chris, left to himself, is trouble. You, left to yourself, is trouble. And God is like, you don't have to do this life alone. You have me, you have my spirit, and you have my grace in the hour that you need it. Just ask me, seek me, knock on that door. And because why? Again, I've already said it, we mess up, we we get angry, We lose our temper over the most trivial and temporary things. Oh, my goodness. We can be so impatient. But God, in his grace, his grace is sufficient. Amen? His grace is there for us. In his grace and strength, we can walk this Christian life out, surrounded with chaos, surrounded by chaos, and surrounded with people problems. And we are a part of the problem. But we can let the great problem solver hear our hearts, heal our hearts, excuse me. So no longer are we hurting people, but by his hands and his grace, we're healing people. Come on, you've heard it said before, hurt people, hurt people. Well, guess what? Healthy people help people. Help grace. Help. Hold on. Help's on the way. And God can do that through us. There are many people in this world that might never come in the doors of this church. But what we have to recognize and understand is that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus. That we can give grace. As much as we're given, we need to give it away. As we prepare our hearts, if you could go ahead and get out your elements at this time to take communion. You know, all I can think of is 
popped in my brain this morning. I grew up with the hymns. And it made me think of the amazing grace, how sweet the sound, come on, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. I don't know about you, but I'm overwhelmed with the goodness and the grace of our Heavenly Father. If you're in the room and you came in late and, and you did not get the elements, please raise your hand and our ushers will bring them to you. I want to make sure you can partake with us. Come on, at my worst, God is so good. At my best, God's still good. And not only good, He's gracious. He's gracious. And when I'm faithless, He's so faithful. I lied to you. There is one more scripture. <laughs> I, wanna, I, can't, I can't skip this one because it's just too good. Right here, look at this. But God is so rich. Somebody say rich. God is so rich in mercy. And look at this. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And look at this addendum here. That is in every translation. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. It's only by his grace. Anybody here thankful for the grace of our Heavenly Father? Father, thank you for your grace. We celebrate that grace. And we'll never, ever be able to give that grace unless we understand it, number one, which we've talked about today. And then we remember the grace that was given to us. The grace that left heaven, died on a cross, innocent as he was. Man, but yet the Son of God. And he did it for me and he did it for you. The Bible tells us that communion is an expression of worship and remembrance for the believer. And so I wanna take a moment, and then we're gonna celebrate. I wanna take a moment as we uh, pray and seek our hearts. The Bible says to seek your heart when you take communion. So can we pray? Would you bow your head, close your eyes in this moment?